Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. March 1st, the beginning of March Madness. We've got lots coming up this month. And of course, it all starts today from a high school perspective with the high school basketball state tournament, the sectional round just around the corner. In fact, we're going to talk with Greg Mingelt on the phone here in just a moment. So, Doug, if you would get Greg on the line for me. But uh, high school basketball at a premium this month. We've got uh, some great games forthcoming, and it all starts tonight. Our coverage at Seymour will uh, begin uh, at 6 o'clock. We'll come on right after the Rutherford show this evening and go right into play-by-play for the Jeffersonville and Bedford contest, a rematch of a really good game from a couple weeks ago. And then our second game this evening will be, I think, a good one possibly as well, Jennings County and Floyd Central coming up a little bit later uh, in the evening. So two games from Seymour tonight. We'll stay with the 4A sectional all uh, week long as long as we've got local teams involved. But today we're going to talk about some of the other local sectionals with Greg coming up here in just a few moments as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, Greg Mingelt of HoosierHillsHoops.com will join me. Had to have him on today to get ready for the beginning of the uh, sectional tournaments across the area, so we'll preview everything here locally in Clark and Floyd counties with him. And then later, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We are coming down the stretch for IU and Big Ten basketball. Huge Big Ten game tonight, Purdue and Wisconsin for a battle uh, near the top of the conference, and that will be interesting to follow. Also with Mike, we've got to get into the IU-Rutgers matchup coming tomorrow. Uh, a big game for the Hoosiers. I think everyone listening uh, that follows IU basketball understands that uh, the home game on Wednesday is a game that IU has to get to boost their NCAA tournament resume. There are some people, kind of two schools of thoughts, and we'll get into this with Mike. Some people believe that if IU wins on Tuesday night against Rutgers, no matter what they do against Purdue or in the Big Ten tournament, IU will be in the tournament. And then there are other people that think IU needs to win Rutgers and maybe one more. So Purdue at Purdue could be tough, but could they win a first-round Big Ten game at a neutral site? Uh, I think Indiana needs to do both. They got to beat Rutgers at home. They need to do. They need to win one game in the Big Ten tournament, and I think that takes all of the pressure off. You don't have to worry about upsets, uh, the bubble uh, upsets, I should say, in the mid-major conferences. You don't have to worry about bubble situations. I think if Indiana can do those things, they're in the tournament for sure. So huge, huge game coming up Wednesday without saying. I think everyone understands, and we'll talk about that with Mike Schumann coming up a little bit later today. And then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will check in in the last segment. We've got some basketball to check in with him as well. And the IU baseball season is underway, and I meant to mention this on Monday, but, boy, IU baseball playing some 
tough competition getting down south uh, on the coast to uh, to start the season as normal. Uh, so playing some really good southern teams, but uh, IU baseball is is not off to a good start. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up a little bit later in the hour with Mike Pegram and may touch on the women as well. Uh, the Big Ten Conference Women's Tournament begins today, although the uh, IU women do not play until later in the week. And I saw that the last uh, projection came out, what is it, the NCAA releasing the top number of seeds on the women's side. Their final update on that had the IU women as a number four seed uh, in this year's upcoming tournament. So uh, still a lot of basketball to go, though. Conference tournament's underway. And I, in fact, I didn't see it last night. I saw people tweeting about it, but I think there was a first-round uh, play-in type game for a one of the mid-major conferences yesterday. So that was the last day of February. And now that it's March 1st, we get full-fledged into some conference tournaments that begin a little bit later uh, today, actually. And as the week goes on, things really pick up. And then as you get to the weekend, uh, things really pick up. And, of course, next week is the week where – you get uh, all the high major conference tournaments, and uh, then things culminate with the NCAA tournament pairing show on a Sunday night, a week from this coming Sunday. So fun, fun times ahead. Uh, we've got high school basketball to follow very closely. We've got IU fighting for their NCAA tournament lives in year one of the Mike Woodson era, and uh, we've got all kind of stuff to keep up with. So make sure you're with us each day at 11 here on the Hoosier Report. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. I told you our guest, Greg Mingelt, uh, Mike Pegram in segment three. I'm skipping around here, but segment two uh, today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well. Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open today. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on IU, your questions for Mike Schumann and uh, Mike Pegram later in the hour. Love to get your thoughts. Where are you going tonight? Are you going to a sectional tonight? Are you going to wait to the weekend, maybe Friday and Saturday? Why are you going to the sectional you're going to? Do you have somebody playing, or is it your favorite team? I'd love to hear from you on a high school perspective as well about what your thoughts are on the upcoming week. You can send those texts uh, to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And uh, get your questions and comments and everything else in. I, I do my best to read everything we get. Uh, some days we get a lot. Some days we get a few. Uh, but I do my best to get whatever you send me to work it into the show somehow at some point. Let's go to Greg Mingelt. He's with us right now. On the phone today, Greg, it is a glorious day. Not only is the sun out and it's beginning to feel a little spring-like, but it's a sectional basketball tip-off day around most of the sectionals in our state, and that deserves to be celebrated. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, you know, sometimes uh, being a sports reporter can be a drag, but, man, this time of year it certainly isn't. This is a lot of fun, and it makes you appreciate the job that you do when you're when you're people like us. It's uh it really is one of the best days of the year, basketball-wise. Very well said. Uh, all right, let's jump into it. Tonight, your vote for game of the night. What's the best game, potential game out there on the schedule? I don't care the class or the sectional location. Give me a game or two. Well, definitely the best game. The game I'll be keeping my eye on the most is Floyd Central and Jennings County. Uh, they played two overtime at Floyd Central earlier this year. Uh, they look like... 
for most of the season, the two best teams in the uh, in the Seymour sectional. Jennings County's kind of struggled down the stretch. Floyd took a couple losses late in the season that uh, obviously playing without Caleb Washington. Um, Floyd's the huge favorite, I think, in that sectional. Um, and uh, but Jennings County is definitely a contender. And uh, before that is Jeffersonville and Bedford, and that'll be interesting to see what happens with Jeff because they've been so up and down. Look pretty good late in the season. Um, you know, I think they're quite a bit better than Bedford, so I would expect them to uh, advance to Friday to play Seymour. And, of course, if Floyd wins, they set up a, a New Albany game on Friday. So very interesting night at Seymour, where we'll be. Um, and then, of course, um, I think uh, really the the other sectional to watch tonight in particular is at uh, Borden. I think that sectional, Rock Creek, uh, went undefeated against the sectional field uh, this year, but... I think there, in all seriousness, there are six teams in that sectional that believe they can win it. Um, South Central's probably been uh, number six this year of the teams, and they're coming off a win against Corden Central and have a really good young roster and a really bright future. So, uh, you know, Rock Creek versus New Washington. Rock Creek's going to be a favorite, but New Washington is definitely capable of winning that game. And Christian Academy in Lanesville. Christian Academy is probably the favorite, but Lanesville beat them earlier in the year and beat them in last year's sectional championship game. So very intriguing game there, the second game at Borden. All right, Greg, another question I have, and you do such a, jo- a good job covering all the uh, locations, all the teams at HoosierHillSoups.com. Uh, Greg, are you still with us? Hello? I don't know. We may have lost Greg. We'll see if we can. Greg, are you still there? All right, we'll see if we can get back with Greg. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com, writer with us. Greg, uh, tonight's sectionals, uh, look ahead this week. Give me a team that maybe is not favored to win their respective location, but someone you have been impressed with this season that you think could compete for a championship, maybe could win one. Sure, I can do uh, a couple. In fact, uh, there are more than one of those at Salem, I would say, with uh, Silver Creek. They're 11 and 12, but they're the four-time defending champion. Obviously, they've been state champions for three years in a row, and they've started to really play well late in the season. And they start tomorrow night with Salem, who they beat by 75 points last week. So uh, Silver Creek and obviously Scottsburg is our team of the week this week. They're coming off a huge upset over Jennings County. Um, So I would say Scottsburg, we've been calling them a team of the future all year. Uh, Maybe they're ready now. Um, So... I think those, what we talked about the Borden sectional, I think uh, Christian Academy is a team, Borden is a team that's probably not favored that can win there. Um, and uh, and then you go to um, Seymour, and we haven't talked much about Jeffersonville, but, um, you know, they're probably as talented as anybody in that sectional, and if they put it together for three games, um, I would definitely say Jeff is a team to watch, um, to, to kind of keep an eye on. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't predict him to win the sectional, um, but I could definitely see them getting on a roll late in the year. Talking with Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com, about the local basketball sectionals coming up starting tonight. And by the way, we'll be at Seymour for two games beginning with a 6 o'clock airtime. Uh, get your crystal ball out for just a second as well. If we're talking about the regional round or maybe even the semi-state round of basketball in our state, what's the local team that's most likely to put together a postseason run? Do you have one or two of those you'd put out? I'd say there, there. I wouldn't say that there's a one over a bunch of others. I think there are a few who definitely have a chance to make long runs. I would start with Floyd Central. Uh, obviously, that's a really good regional, but there's no doubt that they're capable of uh, 
you know, beating Bloomington North, who beat them last week, but uh, Bloomington North or, or whoever comes out of there, uh, no doubt in my mind that Floyd Central could win that. And if Jeff came out, they could probably win that too. Uh, and the other one is North Harrison. Again, very tough uh, regional at Washington, as we know. Uh, Silver Creek had some of their toughest games in their state championship runs at that regional. So, uh, But North Harrison is another one that, you know, kind of quietly 16-3, and three, if that's possible. Um, but obviously one of the best coaches around, uh, one of the best players around. Um, those are the two that, that jump out to me. And then I think, again, the regional so good at Lagodi that Rock Creek probably wouldn't go in there as one of the favorites. But Rock Creek's been really good and undefeated against Class A teams this year. So uh, really big, really talented uh, team. And so I would say those three for sure. And then Providence as well and Eastern and 2A are two teams that will probably have a chance to at least be at the regional, but those are all four going to be really tough regionals this year. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com, joining me. Greg, you've covered uh, high school basketball, high school sports in our area for a long time now, a number of different publications over the years, so you're you're really a veteran at this. Uh, your favorite gym to be in in March? I think anybody that listens uh, to this show on a regular basis, knows I'm I'm a 4A guy, a New Albany graduate, mm-hmm. love Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium in Seymour. I've seen so many great games there over the years, going all the way back to the old Seymour Regional and one-class basketball. Now Seymour, the host of sectional, regional, and often our local teams in the semi-state go there as well. Do you have an affinity to any one gym over another? Is there a place this week you like to be assigned to cover more than another? Well, as far as going to the sectional, I don't think there's any doubt that Seymour is the best. That's uh, the kind of it's the annual sectional. You get excited when you go to Seymour. Um, you know, I grew up in the North Central Conference area where Anderson and Muncie Central, and and I always thought those um, gyms were the best in the state. And then you come down here and you go to a regional weekend, and you go to Seymour and Washington and Southridge and Lagodi, and those places are just as cool as anything in the north so just covering indiana in general in in march is you're basically going to hit um great gym basically every week so yeah it's uh i wouldn't say there's one over the other down here that i love but um you know seymour's you know when you when you consider how great that sectional is every year that's the place to be in my mind all right greg mingelt hoosierhillshoops.com i guess greg one thing I'm curious to see, and Tuesday night, especially at Seymour, is a bad barometer because there's travel involved for our local teams, and heck, the first game starts at 6 o'clock, and a lot of people aren't out of work, off of work, in time to get there. But uh, crowds have been up and down this year, and I think we have to credit a lot of that to COVID-19, the pandemic. There are a lot of older fans that for years have made some of our local schools what they are as far as season tickets and just special I am curious what tickets, what attendance, I should say, will look like uh, this week as let's say we get to Friday and Saturday night in the sectionals and even beyond in the state tournament. We've seen amazing crowds at a lot of these locations. Uh, I'm curious this year with COVID uh, maybe easing up some with digital tickets at certain locations becoming required or more predominant, what effect those things have on crowds this year and ultimately what they'll be like this March. Yeah, well, it really seems like um, the worst of the COVID stuff is behind us, and people are starting to uh, kind of step back into places that kind of made them 
uh, it kind of intimidated him a couple of couple of months ago. So I expect attendance to definitely be up. And you know, Silver Creek's crowds were nice for the girls' basketball team that made a run to the state finals. Uh, the crowd at Jeff the other night for the Castle game was pretty good, considering their record and um, you know the the fact that it's uh you know all the things that have been going on so yeah i, I think uh, especially the smaller schools and the smaller gyms you're going to definitely see large you know percentages of the gym filled up uh seymour is probably a little different considering it's nine thousand seats but um yeah i think it's uh i think it'll be a good crowd and places like salem there are four teams there that think they can win that sectional and Borden, there are six teams that think they can win that sectional i expect some really big crowds at those and then, of course, Southwestern and Providence on Saturday night. That's what they, the game we're expecting at Southwestern. I expect a big win there, too. So I wouldn't expect it to be down too much. Uh, not like last year, for sure. All right, Greg Mingelt with us on the uh, day that the tournament begins in the state of Indiana. Greg, thanks for being with us. And don't forget to check out all of his coverage uh, of uh, the upcoming sectionals at HoosierHillsHoops.com. And, uh, Greg, we'll talk with you next week when we've got uh, sectional winners in tow. Thanks, Matt. Always appreciate the time. All right, absolutely. Greg Mingelt with us here to start the Tuesday program. And make sure you get out tonight and check out one of the area sectionals admission, even if it's went up a dollar or so because of the service charge on these online tickets. Uh, still cheap. You get two games tonight. A uh, lot of fun. And games are going to be good tonight. And I think we'll get mostly better as we work our way through the week. But just a special time in our state. And uh, make sure you get out and about and support uh, your favorite gym or your favorite school or or get out just to a game. It, it, it makes Hoosier hysteria uh, what it is. As we head to commercial break, I do want to mention I saw a tweet this morning from the Gainbridge Fieldhouse. You know, it's Banker's Life Fieldhouse, new name. Uh, March is on at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. In the month of March, uh, they're the home of the Big Ten Women's Tournament, which begins today. There's some Pacers games mixed in. The Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament. There's March Madness round there at the uh, uh, bank or at Gainbridge as well. You got the IHSA Boys State Championship games coming up later in the month. Uh, 49 games in 34 days is what they tweeted out this morning. And again, we talk about facilities in Indiana and why Indiana's special. Uh, boy, Banker's Life and now Gainbridge and going all the way back to when it was called Conseco Fieldhouse. Uh, it has been a first class facility that has brought in so much basketball to our state uh, from a high school level and beyond and it's going to be a, a, a capital of hoops there's no question about it this month as you look at all the different events basketball games that are staged there we'll head to a break we're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier we'll talk IU Rutgers IU in the NCAA tournament uh, and Mike Woodson just had a, a press conference this morning we'll recap some things he said there as well this is the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today. 
for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins right now. Mike, we heard from Coach Woodson just a little earlier this morning, and one of the main takeaways from that was that Trey Galloway, we now know a little bit more about his injury, but still no estimation on timetable. What can you tell us from that topic earlier today? Yeah, it was a, a little bit surprising that the tone that he had today, because if you listen to his radio show last night, I, I thought, perhaps incorrectly, that I heard some optimism in his voice about Trey Galloway's situation. I, I thought maybe if, if he didn't return on Wednesday, maybe he could target you know the Purdue game or the Big Ten tournament. But you know, I don't. You know, you never know about gamesmanship in in media sessions. There's no real, real reason to be completely open. But Woodson has a pretty good track record of telling it like it is so far, for the most part. And, and he didn't sound nearly as optimistic today as it relates to Trey Galloway. And and part of it could just be the nature of the injury. He confirmed it's a, a groin injury, <clears throat> and those are typically not something that that are real easy to predict, you know, and don't necessarily, you know, have a a, just a natural timetable. It can be weeks, it could be months, um, something that can really limit you as a a basketball player, too. So that's probably part of what's going on there is it's just not real clear, you know, when that thing's going to cooperate. All right, uh, Mike, one thing I want to bring up before we dig into some other topics uh, Coach Woodson discussed players speaking at senior night, which I guess with all the uh, uh, how important this game is on Wednesday, I had kind of forgotten that senior night is Wednesday, the last home game, and it's also a chance for fans to hear from seniors that uh, maybe are not planning to come back for next season. But with all the extra eligibility and, and so much confusion with COVID, I'm really curious to see who steps up and speaks this year. Coach Woodson said Race Thompson and Parker Stewart were both going to be recognized Wednesday and get up for a little post-game speech, but that shouldn't be interpreted that they're not going to take their extra year of eligibility and they're going to leave the program. So your thoughts on you know Race and uh, Parker being mentioned for senior night, but not Trace Jackson Davis, because immediately as people read this or as I say it, that's going to be where people's minds go. Okay, if Trace doesn't stand up to be recognized and doesn't give a speech on Wednesday night after the Rutgers game, uh, can we read into that he's planning to come back for another year after testing the professional water? So what, what's your take on everything related to senior night this year? Well, as, as it relates to Trace, I guess my first gut reaction on that is, and I, I could be wrong about this, you or someone else could tell me I'm wrong, but I, I don't ever remember – somebody that wasn't actually a senior, even if they were intending to leave, uh, being recognized in that way. So, so, so that's one thing. Um, and probably the, the, one of the reasons why he wouldn't do it. Um, uh, you know, he hasn't obviously said anything one way or the other, but the thing that jumps out to me about trace and races, I are sorry, uh, race and Parker is that they're the two oldest guys on the team. Um, and you know, you start to get to where you're 20, three years old and you're, you're, you're making life decisions at that point. It's not just, you know, am I going to come back to Bloomington for another year? It's, you know, what is my next step professionally, um, career wise, et cetera. Both of them have, or will have degrees at, at the end of the year. So while, while, yeah, I, the, the, the release from IU says that nothing's been decided. And I, I do believe that's the case. I do think it's an indication of <clears throat> where guys are leaning as it relates to their thought process. You know, obviously Indiana can't make 
race Thompson and Parker Stewart get up there and address the crowd tomorrow night. That, that's a choice they have to make. And the fact that they're choosing to do it, in my opinion, suggests where their heads are in, right now in terms of their thought process. Um, you know, uh, and, and in both cases, it's understandable because of their age, just because, you know, at some point you've been in college long enough. Although Parker's only in his third year of college basketball, this is also his fifth year on a campus he's only played three years just because of transfers and sitting out last year with the whole situation with his father so so these are guys that are thinking about the big picture i think the guy that the other guy i thought might be in there and actually wrote it and had to change it was rob fennessy you know just because you know again i don't i don't know that he's decided anything one way or the other but he's he's a fourth year guy that's been with the program throughout his career and you'd hate for him to decide in march or april that that he's not going to, to return and never have a chance to address the crowd and kind of have that, that ceremony for him. So that's one reason why I thought he might be included as well. So for the same reasons I, I say, you know, race and Parker are probably telling where their heads are that probably the same thing holds true for Rob. I mean, it's probably at least a suggestion that right now he's, he's leaning towards staying again, though. No, nobody's said anything about anyone at this point. Yeah, definitely going to be something to watch as things come to a close at some point here after the season. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, one thing to note while we're talking about you know senior night and things for next year is as it stands, uh, what would there need to be? Three players on scholarship currently would need to not be on scholarship uh, next year, whether it's uh, going ahead and graduating, leaving the program, transfer portal, you know, whatever happens. Because with IU's guys coming in, they're going to be over if everyone were to come back, which obviously in college basketball in our world today, I'm not sure there's any program that will survive without some sort of changes because the transfer portal is so dominant now. But Indiana technically would be three over. Is that right? That That is right. And I will say it's probably the most confusing aspect of, of the roster for fans. I don't see – I don't think I see – a comment or question more often on Twitter or on, on the comment section of the daily Hoosier beyond, you know, how are we still recruiting all these guys? We don't, our roster's full. Who, who's going to leave? You know, a lot of people think that we are forgetting about the extra year and believe that, you know, all these seniors are actually done after this year. So there's just a lot of confusion out there, but just to clear it up, there are six players on the roster right now that have a senior uh, label next to their name, but all six are eligible to return. And in fact, all 13 scholarship players on Indiana are eligible to return next year, but they also have three high school seniors that are already signed and scheduled to, to arrive this summer. So something has to happen there, there at a minimum has to be three players to part the program. Um, and to, to our earlier discussion there at this point we don't know who those three are whether they're seniors or underclassmen it it could go a number of directions and it's it's going to be a really interesting uh first few weeks to months of the postseason as those decisions are made all right talking with mike schumann the daily hoosier uh the big game wednesday iu hosting rutgers i think it's a gotta win game for ncaa tournament purposes Tell us about this Rutgers team coming to town, where they're at. Obviously, Ron Harper Jr., uh, Geo Baker the third. those have been the standout guys all season long. And Rutgers has sure beat some folks in the Big Ten that maybe you wouldn't expect him to beat. And I, I think one of the more uh, dangerous uh, up-and-down teams in the conference. 
Yeah, they absolutely are. And, and you know, you mentioned Harper and Baker. Those are two guys that probably give Indiana fans nightmares because this is a team that's really just owned Indiana, you know, going all the way back to the 2018 Big Ten tournament in New York. I think that was a game where IU had pulled out to a big lead and then Baker as a freshman at that time just completely went off on that game. And it started, you know, a run here of where Rutgers has won six of seven and four in a row against Indiana. You know, there's probably nothing more telling about the kind of the state of the Indiana program than that. I mean, obviously Rutgers is, has taken major strides, but you know, Indiana isn't the program it wants to be when it's losing in that consistent fashion to Rutgers and it's it's a consistent formula for them I mean they're they're once again a very good defensive team that's that's been their trademark throughout the Steve Peichel era and they're once again you know right around that top 40 in adjusted defensive efficiency they, they really get after you they have really good length now I did I did coming into the season I, I was questioning whether or not that they would be able to maintain the same level that they had last year because they lost Miles Johnson at center, who I thought was probably the best defensive post player in the league last year. And they also lost their point guard. And I thought those two guys were the, kind of the heart and soul of their defense. But while they may have taken a step back defensively, they they are right there as, as one of the top defensive teams in the Big Ten, uh, in, in large part because they have a lot of length. You know, they're, they're six four and up across the board in terms of the guys that, that really – See the four. They force you into long possessions. I think it'll be interesting. You know, Xavier Johnson's played really well the last couple of games, but you know, how's he going to play against you know good length, good shot blockers, things of that nature? I think that'll be a major theme to watch. But you know, you, you mentioned you know Rutgers' success, and they absolutely have had it. They their their last seven games have really been unbelievable. They. They won four in a row against ranked opponents, but their their last seven games, I'll just read it off, is Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois. Those are the four wins, and then they lost to Purdue, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I mean, that that is an absolute gauntlet of seven games. Um, I think that they had a lot of people thinking that they were going to make a late-season run into the tournament, but they've lost those last three and what's really hurting them are, are some early season losses. They got off to a really bad start, lost to DePaul, to Lafayette, to UMass, you know, some really losses that really hurt them in the net rankings. And so that being the case, a loss by Indiana to them tomorrow night would hurt Indiana in the net rankings because as it stands, I believe that would be a quad three loss for IU. So a lot on the line in addition to the senior night stuff. So just I expect a crazy atmosphere and a really tough game for Indiana that they're just going to have to be really sharp and, and on top of things to, to hang in there. All right, Mike, my daily uh, IU on the bubble question, what what do the Hoosiers need to do in your estimation? I know there are all sorts of bracketologists out there with pro- projections, but I know Indiana's got to win, I think, tomorrow at home. The Purdue game on the road is going to be tough. Does Indiana need one win the rest of the way to get in the tournament, or does two make them a lock, whether it's Rutgers and the first round of the Big Ten tournament? Just take us through when you look at bracketologists and what they have to say. When you put all that together, what do you really think the Hoosiers have to do to get in with just a handful of games left? I don't think that they could be any more squarely on the bubble. I mean, they are just, you know, they're right in that 11, 12 spot, you know, just about 
about as many bracketologists have them out or, you know, last four in type, type of thing. So in the minds of, you know, the aggregation of dozens and dozens of bracketologists, they, they are just right there as one of those teams that, that are sweating right now. Um, you know, I think I agree with your kind of your assessment there. I think one win, uh, especially tomorrow night, gets you to the point where I think you're still nervous on, on selection day, but I think you're you're sensing that Indiana might get in two wins. I think I don't think there's much doubt about that. I mean, obviously there's a lot of scenarios still at play. They could they could lose tomorrow and and pull off the stunner at Purdue. I don't think too many expect that, but you know that that sort of scenario would I think make it even more clear that Indiana was going to go in because just a win at Purdue would be so huge for their resume. It, and they could also have a run at the Big Ten tournament, which, you know, again, people probably aren't expecting that just because of Indiana's history in that event. But that's a scenario that's still out there, too. So there's a lot at play, but I think a win tomorrow night starts to get you to that point where you're more comfortable because you're a 500 team in the Big Ten at that point. Um, and I think that's a big deal. Mike, are you to the point with what you've seen from Xavier Johnson where – uh, you have confidence in what he will bring to this IU team Wednesday night against Rutgers and really the rest of the way. Has he developed and changed and maybe in some way settled down enough that you can have uh, confidence and get consistency from him? Or is he still potential to go back to being Xavier Johnson that was so frustrating at times earlier in the season? I mean, he, he's clearly trending in the right direction, but but I'm not going to go out there and say we're not going to see him have a an ugly game from time to time. Um, I, I specifically asked Coach Woodson earlier today about an aspect of his game that I've just found really interesting because you you recall a lot of a lot of his troubles early in the season. That the game at Wisconsin really jumps to my mind. Um, he, he's he's elite at getting past his man and getting downhill and getting into the paint, but it, it's his decision making at that point. You know, is he going to attempt an off balance shot against length, or is he going to you know take the good shot or find find an open man? When he gets to that point, and the defense kind of collapses on him. That's where I feel like he's made a lot of progress here over the last month, and especially in these last two games. Um, but but you could you could also argue the other side and say you know these last two games were teams that he played well against already they're not the elite defensive teams that that they're going to see like uh, on Wednesday night so I, I think it's reasonable to say yeah he's making progress but he's got a you know this is his fourth season of college basketball and he's he's got a lengthy history of playing inconsistently so I, I'm not ready to go out and say okay this is the newfound Xavier Johnson that we're going to see for the rest of the way. But I will say this, if he continues to play the way he's playing these last two games, I, I think Indiana can play with anybody because we all know how important point guard play is in March. And I don't think there's any other way to describe the way he's been playing other than elite. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to continue to shoot threes at the rate that he has the last couple of games. I think he's seven to nine. Of course, that's, not reasonable to expect, but, but even if he's, you know, at his career average, you know, 33, 35% from three, but he's, he's somewhere in the neighborhood of a five to one assist to turnover ratio and not forcing bad shots from, from the paint. I, I think that's a formula for Indiana 
to have a lot of success, especially with Rob Fennessy back, to kind of give him some cushion where he can play as aggressively as he feels like he needs to on the defensive end. All right, Mike, final question for you. Is Race Thompson one of the more consistent players on this team? I think that's an obvious answer, yes. Is he one of the more consistent players in the Big Ten Conference? I know that Coach Woodson was asked about that earlier today, and I'm curious what he had to say and what your take is on Race because he's been awful solid this year. Yeah, I always feel bad because I don't think I give him enough credit at the Daily Hoosier just because it seems like whenever he has a good game, there's there's an Xavier Johnson that has a spectacular game or Trace Jackson Davis. He, he's always kind of that number two guy in the shadow. But I I think consistency is the right word. I mean, I think at, at one point he was in double-figure scoring for, you know, I, I don't remember what the number was, but it was all, several games in a row, and it was kind of surprising because you just, you just don't notice all the work that he's doing in, in games all the time. Um, he, he's, I think he's right there with Trace for the team lead in rebounding as well. And, and a lot of times he's a, he's a major mat, matchup advantage or at least, you know, on one end of the floor, a matchup advantage for Indiana, and I expect that to definitely be the case tomorrow night against Rutgers who kind of rolls out a more of a four guard lineup or, you know, four two guard, two wing lineup. So I think trace or sorry, race's ability to, to score in the paint to, to get offensive rebounds and score in the paint is going to be a big story as well as his ability to defend the perimeter on the other end. I think there's going to be a, a cat and mouse game between both teams trying to, go specifically to that, you know, to him on both ends of the floor. And it's going to be really interesting to watch who comes out on the better side of that. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he's with us Tuesdays here on the show to talk IU Hoops. Mike, uh, entering the month of March, a fun time, and we'll do it again next week. All right, Matt, appreciate it. All right, big Big Ten Conference game tonight, uh, by the way, as well, Purdue at Wisconsin. If Wisconsin wins, they clinch at least a share of the Big Ten title this season and Purdue trying to avenge one of its home losses this year and, and not get swept by uh, Wisconsin either this season. So that's going to be a fun one tonight at 9 o'clock so you can get your high school game in early and uh, then catch uh, the Purdue game on television. I think, uh, let's see, it's on ESPN tonight, 9 o'clock tip-off expected in that Purdue at Wisconsin ball game tonight. That'll be fun. There's some good Big Ten games the rest of the week. And then, of course, the Big Ten tournament begins Tuesday of next week. We'll head to a break. We're back with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here, final segment of our Tuesday program. Don't forget high school basketball tonight beginning at 6 o'clock. We'll come on right at tip-off of the Jeffersonville-Bedford-North Lawrence game from Seymour. We'll also have game number two from Seymour tonight featuring the Floyd Central Highlanders as they will rematch with Jennings County, a game that went to overtime in the regular season. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is with us to talk 
IU Big Ten basketball here to wrap up today. And, Mike, I want to start with what I went out saying in the last segment. Huge Big Ten game tonight at the very top of the conference. Wisconsin, an opportunity to at least clinch a share of the Big Ten title tonight when they take on Purdue and Purdue trying to trying to battle here late in the season as well and stay near the top of the conference. I think right now Purdue tied for second place. Uh, that should be a fun game at 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah, um, Wisconsin has been the surprise of the league and, and probably Greg Gard will get the coach of the year, but uh, Purdue has a lot to play for tonight there and, uh, you know, Really the best game of the season, in my opinion, right there. Mike, there aren't a ton of Big Ten regular season games left. Uh, regular season play concludes on Sunday. Are there any games IU fans should be paying attention to outside of Indiana's remaining games that could maybe help IU's chances in the conference standings and therefore maybe give them a boost off the bubble in any way? Well, uh, they're fortunate they're playing Rutgers, which is a team that's been in the bubble talk. Uh, so they can, you know, really help their argument by, by knocking off the Scarlet Knights tomorrow night. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, would, you know, be, be huge for them. But I think Michigan's a team to watch. Uh, they could be playing Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. And Michigan has a really tough finish with Michigan State, Ohio State, and, and a really good Iowa team. And I was a team that's been playing really well. So they're, and then, but they're also a potential Big Ten opponent, Big Ten tourney opponent for Indiana. So, so those are the kind of teams I would be watching the last week. Mike, how many teams do you think the Big Ten could get in? <clears throat> excuse me, to the NCAA tournament here in a week and a half or so. Well, Michigan's kind of played themselves off here of late, but they have those three games we just talked about that could, you know, kind of leap the frog them back in, but. Um, you know, Wisconsin, Purdue, I, I have to like number them up. One, Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa, and Michigan State are all uh, all safely in. So six six safe picks. And, you know, Indiana's right there with Rutgers and Michigan to be uh, seventh and eighth and possibly ninth. But uh, it's not it's not been a great league. They're, they're behind the Big 12 and, and the uh, SEC this year. So that, that hurts a little bit. You really have to have least a 500 record to get in and right now Indiana's projected to go 10 and 10. All right Mike Pegrampeaks.com is my guest uh, we're talking more IU basketball here in this segment. Mike we talked last segment about Trey Galloway and Mike Woodson had more to say on him uh, really for the first time since his injury. I, I, I'm not sure that it, it was a positive sound from Coach Woodson this morning that there's a chance we see him this week or maybe even in the near future. Yeah, we, we weren't really expecting him to play Wednesday because a groin injury usually takes a couple weeks, but coach said it was really up in there, and the language he used was he had no idea in the timetable. Um, you know, and we're, we're just over a week away from the Big Ten tournament and, the, and postseason play, so I would not expect him to play any of the two games this week. You know, maybe with another week, he could be a possibility, but... Um, it doesn't sound good for Trey right now. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, our guest. Mike, we talked uh, earlier that tonight is senior night, and there are a couple players scheduled to make their uh, senior announcement, but that has no bearing on uh, what may happen with them coming back uh, for an extra year with the program. You've done this for, for many years. You've covered yeah. recruiting. You've covered the team. 
Can you ever remember a more confusing time with COVID bonus years and transfer portals and so many other things that factor into this stuff nowadays that make building a roster and roster management more confusing for coaches and uh, you know even for fans as well? Yeah, I think earlier today Mike Woodson called it chaotic, you know, and trying to figure out what how to manage the roster given all these decisions he has to wait on. And he said he hadn't really talked to any of the uh, the six players that you know are academic seniors on the team, but all of them have um, another year they could use. Um, you know, but I think Indiana has indicated you probably will see Race Thompson and Parker Stewart speak at senior day, but. Um, uh, they they put a big disclaimer in saying that it doesn't mean anything, you know, basically that uh, decisions are yet to be made by the by the these older guys. Mike, final topic for you. Uh, good news for Mo Creek. He has made it out of the country yeah, of yeah. Ukraine, and I think maybe is is uh, on his way back or has arrived back into the states now after just a wild uh, five or six days for him. I know a lot of Indiana fans very concerned at one point for him getting out of the country. He tried to leave the country and had to return to a bomb shelter, I think with some air raid sirens and the area of Ukraine that he was in. So good to see him returning to uh, safety. And, boy, that was uh, that was a, a scary deal for him. Yeah, I looked up where he was in Ukraine, and I was like, oh, that's not a good good spot to be. It wasn't like he was way over west, away from what's going on. He was in the south area where the invasion came from, and, uh, it was and uh, it was tough for those guys because they really were told they had needed to stay with their teams, and um, it really put them put them in a bad spot and in a you know war situation. Absolutely, Mike Pegram, Peaks dot com with us Tuesdays on the program. Mike, we'll catch catch up with you yes. next week. Talk to you next week. Take care. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. Just a, a couple reminders here. We've got sectional basketball tonight on the Big X. I'll be at Seymour. Now, we will not have a pregame show. We'll come right on at 6 o'clock and uh, should take you right to the jump ball between Jeffersonville and Bedford coming up tonight. That's the opening game. And then uh, game two, Jennings County and uh, Floyd Central. We'll have that one, too, from Seymour tonight. And we'll stay in Seymour all week. We'll have both games Friday as long as there's local teams involved. Obviously, the second game, we're guaranteed a local team with New Albany getting the bye. But we'll stay and see more with local teams there. We'll keep you up to date with scores and updates from other sectional locations as well, especially as the week moves on and we get to those championship games on Saturday night. But it should be a fun week of basketball, and I'll be back with you at 11 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to start the show on Wednesday going through everything from the Tuesday night games. We'll have on some guests related to the Tuesday games and always want to keep you up to date with the very latest in our uh, great high school basketball scene here in the area. So make sure you're with us tomorrow. Reminder, if you can't join us live, you can always be with us on the podcast. It's available on uh, Apple Podcasts. Really, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you will find us there. So tune in tonight if you can't make the trip to Seymour. And uh, maybe you're somewhere else. Put your uh, your AirPods, your earbuds in. And, uh, again, make sure you're back with us at 11 a.m. tomorrow so we can recap everything from a high school perspective and get you ready for IU Rutgers coming up on Wednesday night. Talk with you then. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.